0: Hey Eric. Hey Megan. I had to stop a candy thief today. Really? He was getting back to his old Twix. (laughs) That's painful. Speaking of old Twix, (laughs) we are delving into today's feature of 1991's Hudson Hawk.
1: All right, so welcome to Blockbuster Nights. And as Megan said, this week we're looking at Hudson Hawk, and neither of us have seen this one before. Nope. I didn't even know about this movie. Like, I didn't know it existed (laughs) until we were actually looking for another movie, and we came upon this one, and we were like, oh, that looks like it could be good.
0: Thanks, Netflix.
1: Yeah, thanks, Netflix.
0: All right, so grab your cappuccinos, and let's get into the back of the VHS box. Bruce Willis, Danny Aiello, Andy McDowell, and Sandra Bernard star in the funniest action adventure comedy ever. (laughs) Is it (laughs) though? (laughs) Willis is Eddie the Hawk Hawkins, the world's most famous cat burglar, who after 10 years in prison is ready to go straight. But it's not going to be easy for the Hawk. The mob and the CIA have conspired to blackmail Eddie and his partner into stealing three da Vinci masterpieces from the most heavily guarded museums in the world. Sounds simple, right? Wrong. While trying to steal the goods, Hawk falls in love with a beautiful but schizophrenic nun, McDowell, and is relentlessly pursued by the greedy and powerful Minerva and Darwin Mayflower, who want the artworks as part of their twisted plot to ruin the world's economy. It's wall-to-wall action as the wisecracking hawk saves the world, wins the girl, and gets the last laugh. Ta-da!
1: Okay. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> not quite what I saw. I don't no. know about you. <laughs> I mean...
1: Schizophrenic?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't call her a schizophrenic.
1: That's weird. The whole thing was. Did the person who wrote the back of the box watch the (laughs) movie?
0: Probably not. Probably not.
1: Yeah, so we start with a storybook. Opening like a literal actual storybook, like you know, they did in Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty, like an actual storybook. I kinda
0: of thought it was gonna be a little bit more epic from the beginning.
1: This is so weird. Yeah. It's just it's just a weird opening. It takes us into 1481 and we're with Leonardo da Vinci, who is apparently has a factory and a whole bunch of workers, <laughs> and is running some sort of operation. And he's only like
0: He's a mysterious person.
1: I think I don't know how old he was, but he's portrayed in the movie as being what like 30s or 40s first thing that popped into my mind was i'm pretty sure that a lot of his stuff didn't come until much later in life and that Mm -hmm. at this young he probably wasn't doing all this and in fact i know that after looking some stuff up from this movie but anyway so the main premise of this movie i guess what's driving it is leonardo da vinci creates a device that is able to turn lead into gold. Yes. Uh, apparently he was trying to turn it into bronze and accidentally turned it into gold instead.
0: He's the alchemist.
1: Yeah, so alchemy's real. You know, there was just something so strange about this opening. It reminded me of Willow a bit. Remember the yeah, opening to Willow? Like it's it's just weird. And this is like a heist movie.
0: It gave me national treasure vibes a little bit. Oh. Stealing the declaration, except they're stealing Yeah. Leonardo da Vinci artifacts.
1: It also reminded me of uh, ancient aliens a little bit with the fantastic <laughs> machines. and.
0: Ancient astronaut theorists say it, yes, it could happen. Yeah.
1: Like, that's what I was getting from this. It's like Leonardo's like...
0: Yeah, it was like, like a, what, four or five minute intro. It was it a long like. intro. Yeah.
1: And then Frank Stallone shows up in the credits and that just <laughs> took me... I was pretty excited about that. <laughs> that just took me right back out of the movie again. I'm like, oh.
0: Take it back. Yeah. Do-do-do-do-do.
1: I was like, what's he doing in a non-Rocky movie? So and we discover Leonardo has this crystal, I guess, that he splits into three parts. It's very clear that it's, he split it into three parts and sets them on the table in front of them in front of him before gathering them back up again to show us that we know that there are going to be three parts of this crystal that have to be found. So then we fast forward to what I thought was 1991, but upon reading about this movie, it's actually supposed to be 1981. Oh. Because uh, they said somewhere in the movie, it's exactly 500 years in the future, and I didn't pick up on that. So all the references that they're talking about in this movie that make sense in 1991 don't make sense in 1981. We'll we'll get to it later. We'll we'll come back to that. Because this movie has a lot of errors. Yeah. So <laughs> we get with Hudson Hawk, who's just getting out of prison, Eddie, who's played by Bruce Willis. He's been in prison for ten years, and one of the first things that happens to him is his parole officer approaches him with a new job.
0: Yeah. That's kind of mean. Yeah, that
1: already tells you, you know, there's there's a lot of corruption going on. He refuses because he wants to live the clean life, mm-hmm. and he gets outside and he's picked up by his partner, Tommy. I think Tommy five times. Okay. Yeah, I thought maybe they were brothers or but I guess They're just partners.
0: Yep. And the first thing he wants out of 10 years being in prison is. cappuccino. A cappuccino. Yep. Just get me a five tone, Tommy. I'm gonna get a cappuccino soon. I'm gonna strangle somebody.
1: Which Tommy actually brought for him. Got it yeah good man yeah but he does not get to drink it because he has to slam on the brakes and eddie spills his cappuccino all over <laughs> himself so oh. uh but that's okay because tommy owns the bar and so they're off to the bar to get some more cappuccino another and cappuccino yeah
0: it failed again yeah
1: because it gets shot out of <laughs> eddie's hand which also mentioned that the the bar is no longer a place for the neighborhood it's been turned into a yuppies paradise with a bunch of bankers and right. mob people and and Eddie hates this. So yeah, he gets the cappuccino shot out of his hand, literally, by Frank Stallone, who is actually Caesar Mario, the mob, the mob boss of the Mario family. And uh, Caesar wants Eddie to do the same job that his parole officer was talking about to steal this artifact um, artifact, this Leonardo da Vinci artifact and Eddie wants no part of it but Caesar said something about how he could make it look like Eddie pulled a job that he really didn't pull and get him in there for life without parole or something like that yeah I seem to remember something like that so Eddie is kind of coerced into doing this job and because Tommy's his partner Tommy's in on too. but we see also that Mario the uh, Caesar Mario was working with his parole officer because Eddie's parole officer happens to be in the bar and Eddie sees him leave at the very right. end. So he's, he's being strong armed in doing this job. Eddie's doing the job. That's really all you need to know. <laughs> so they spend a little bit of time figuring out how they're going to break the safe. And we learn something weird about Eddie is he seems to know the precise length of every song ever <laughs> written ever. Yeah. And is I a useful yeah. skills? I thought this would maybe come into play later. It really doesn't. So
0: instead of timing something by a minute, two minute, like he times it by song. So swinging on a star. Right. I don't have the skill, so it was like three minutes and something.
1: 532, swinging on a star. Right, which is weird.
0: And depending on like whose version you hear could be very different now. So yes. a lot of variables.
1: I mean, I guess it's a quirk. Hawk. Kind of a weird quirk. Anyway, so we're with Eddie and Tommy as they are moving in to do the job. They uh, pose as pool men who get uh, up to a rooftop pool, mm-hmm. use the equipment from the pool to go over to another building.
0: I don't know the strength of a lane divider rope, but they used it to cross a building? Yeah. And he said it was
1: 900 their... <laughs> pounds. <laughs> I don't think that's right. I don't
0: right. think they're rated that qu- quite that high. But no.
1: And he gives Tommy some crap about gaining some weight. <laughs> But then Tommy throws it back over so no one can follow. He's
0: covering them? his tracks. Yep.
1: He's yeah. So he said his... they're going to cover the tracks, but then they proceed to cut a huge hole into a piece of glass, <laughs> which clearly does not cover the tracks.
0: That's that great '80s one where they. Oh, I guess this is '90s, but like the suction cup. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got
1: the, the, the little. Like, yeah. Great. I just want to make something very clear here. So this guy's supposed to be the best cat burglar in the world, and he is not. And he burglar. sings
0: so loud like they sing so loud timing they're like okay well let's let's just sing this song and they, that'll be the n- amount of time we need to get through this, this worst cow burglars ever, ever
1: ever yeah would you like to
0: swing on a star
1: carry movies home in a job and be better off than you are oh
0: won't you rather be a immune
1: I mean, not only are they making a bunch of noise, but they are—they don't have masks on. They don't have gloves yeah. on. They're leaving their fingerprints everywhere. And somehow they come up with skateboards. And they are yeah. skateboarding <laughs> through the halls in an attempt to be silent, which yeah. uh, that makes no sense. And so they get into the control room or whatever. Right. And they've got cameras on mm-hmm. what they got to steal. So they got to loop the footage, right? So you loop the footage. But of course, they don't realize that. Right before they loop the footage, the guard who's sitting there breaks his chair. So they're getting footage of an actual chair that is broken. It's the worst possible thing that could happen while you're trying to loop footage, (laughs) which you have two different events happen. And
0: then the guards see themselves on the camera while they're in the control room. Right.
1: so that's they are just terrible at this job they are terrible and also yes they are singing very loudly as they do this yeah, robbery th- job. at this
0: point i'm thinking okay this place needs sound monitoring devices like i'm thinking mission impossible where he's you know yeah. strapped in he's like toast toast yeah a little meter comes up yeah yeah they need to employ that little toast mechanism
1: yeah yeah maybe maybe you just don't sing while you're trying to rob somebody <laughs> or
0: actually use a watch like yeah Tommy yeah what if what, your, about. what are
1: your timings off it's just it's so bizarre oh, anyway yeah,
0: extended versions
1: so, obviously, the guards figure out that they're there, they go after them, and they both jump off the roof and land on, it looks like, some sort of awning. Something very weird happened here, though. It was right before they jumped, one of the guards fired his gun, and there was a shot on Tommy where it looks like Tommy takes a bullet. Mm-hmm. Like, he goes, oof, and then they both jump. And I thought, okay, well, Tommy shot. And then the very next scene, it's a quick cut from that into Bruce Willis, Eddie, sitting down into a chair. Yeah,
0: they're in a room with Mario, right? Yeah, like, and Tommy's not even there. Frank Stallone.
1: Yeah. Character. And I'm like.
0: Yeah, that was a very awkward transition. It was a weird was a very cut. Very jumpy. jumpy. And back. I'm
1: wondering jumpy. if like something happened, like they rewrote part of the story or I don't and know. And that
0: happened. They rewrote parts of the script on site because of oh. Bruce Willis. Well, Actually, that Actually, make... that happened.
1: Okay, well, then that makes sense because I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure Tommy was supposed to die right there. <laughs> Because they actually kept that scene in the film where he goes, oof.
0: On-set script rewrites as a result of Bruce Willis throwing ideas around.
1: Okay. Well, I can totally see that then. So. Well, we, sh- one of them. we should say that Tommy's not dead, according to what happens in the rest of the movie. But it's just this weird transition where Eddie, he's delivering what they stole, which was a horse, which was right. one of uh, Da Vinci's horses that he made. So he's delivering it. I thought they were back at the bar, but I don't think they are. I think they're at Mario's safe house or something. Right. And it turns out that there is a second horse yes. that this horse was it. Was this the decoy horse, horse the decoy? OK, I
0: think the first horse that they stole was the decoy. I think so, too. Because okay. He thought he was stealing the real thing, but right. it wasn't. Right, right. He was the only one they didn't know was the decoy. Right.
1: So he has to go back into the auction house to steal the real one now. But he goes in the middle of the auction. I don't understand why he was going back. He goes back to where they're going to have the auction for this horse, which is where he stole it from. And he sits down beside Anna, Anna, who is played by Andy McDowell. And then we find out that she works for the Vatican because she's the one to authenticate the horse. Again, she touches it with no gloves. Nobody would be touching these things without gloves and she authenticated it yeah she did yep yeah. so we know she works for the vatican i guess the vatican know. is the ultimate authority on leonardo da vinci eddie looks around and sees that a couple of different people are eating candy bars which is kind of strange and this happens right before the auctioneer blows up
0: That was very unexpected like he literally
1: <laughs> blows up and i why why did this happen <laughs> i don't know Eddie saves Anna from a falling column, column or like marble yeah. column. Mm-hmm. And that's the last time they see each other for a while. And somebody knocks him out. And then he wakes up in an ambulance. Mm-hmm. And it happens to be the Marios are in the ambulance. And they're pointing guns, laughing at him. And I really don't know... <laughs> what the point of the ambulance is i think
0: the whole point of the ambulance is to get the next scene which is to go careening down new york and right the ambulance chase scene where he's falling out of the back of the ambulance on the gurney in new york city right the bruce willis action scene on the gurney
1: which is again weird and so somehow he manages to get through the toll booth by throwing exact Exact change that was impressive uh in the little cup as and the thing opens, but the ambulance doesn't get through quite as easily and ends up wrecking and exploding and killing the Mario brothers. Hey, I just thought about that. So they talk about Nintendo a lot in this movie. I think movie. we should
0: talk about how much they talk about Nintendo. Okay, this. let's talk about it. <laughs> There's a lot of Nintendo references in this. Mm-hmm. Mario brothers being one of them. Mm-hmm. We'll get to another part at the end where well, he I, mentions it again.
1: I just know that they mentioned Nintendo a lot. And at the
0: beginning, I think he, you know, yeah. he'd asked him about something about Nintendo and yeah. he's like, what's Nintendo? And yeah.
1: And so, okay, that that's one of the things. So it came out in 1991. So obviously the world knows what Nintendo is, but it's set in 1981 and Nintendo had not really come out in the United States in 1981. In fact, I don't even think, I mean, the company obviously has, has been around since like the fifties, but I don't think they had come out with anything in America. I think it was still all in Japan at the time. And I so if they
0: just goofed with the date.
1: No, because they said exactly five hundred years, <laughs> and they placed they, the the what was written on the screen was fourteen eighty one at the very beginning.
0: Oh, I don't know. That is weird. Yeah. Well, and this whole Hudson Hawk is a video game. It's a Nintendo game. No way. Yes, it is a legit Nintendo game. The player assumes the role of Hudson Hawk, the cat burglar. He's sent on a mission to steal three Da Vinci artifacts, okay. and he walks through various levels in the platform game. The player okay. must avoid sounding alarms. In addition, security oh, guards. Oh, like the real one does? Exactly. Security guards and dogs show up to hamper the mission, and he can pacify his enemies by punching them or launching tennis balls at them, like oh, he does with the dog yeah. in the movie. Yeah, we'll get to that yeah. too.
1: Okay, so. Ball ball. Now I understand, because obviously there was some sort of deal between Bruce Willis and Nintendo uh, to have... Ocean
0: Software did that one.
1: Yeah, they did this <laughs> whole tie-in thing. I get it now. Okay, now I understand. So now that he's out of the ambulance and... Mario's Are Dead. We are introduced to George Kaplan, who works for the CIA, played by Is
0: it James Coburn.
1: James Coburn, mm-hmm. thank you. And also his mercenary team, Kit Kat, Snickers, Butterfinger, and Almond Joy. These were the people that we saw earlier in the auction house, and they were the ones apparently caused the explosion, maybe? I don't know. Um, our
0: turkey could have been in there. We are yeah. we have a tradition of naming our turkey every year for Thanksgiving. And our turkey this year was named Snickers. Yes, it was. Thanks, Snickers. Thanks, Snickers.
1: <laughs> so at this point George wants Eddie, they apparently have some history together, wants Eddie to go after the other two parts of the Da Vinci crystal. And I don't even think Eddie knows why at this point or anything's really explained about it. He just says, says he needs him to get the other parts for the CIA. And Eddie doesn't want to do it. And so they inject him with something to knock him out and they put him in a box and they ship him to Rome. They literally ship him in a box, which is illegal. But <laughs> there were
0: no air holes in the, the box either, I n-
1: Nope. And an x-ray machine would have picked up a human body. But anyway, <laughs> so Eddie wakes up in Rome and we are introduced to, I guess he's, he's taken to this building in Rome, which to me it doesn't look like it's a real building but i don't know it could have been a real building it's the building of the mayflowers power couple darwin and minerva who are both bat bleep crazy
0: that was filmed mayfilm studios in italy that was a big set that they did there
1: wow they wasted so much money on this movie <laughs> They
0: wasted so much money on the locations alone in this movie
1: so much money wasted four
0: countries five cities
1: wow and i, couldn't, and I they, couldn't i couldn't mean... even tell <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I actually going to Rome, Budapest, you know, Hungary, London, Budapest? Yeah, they when, went to Budapest.
1: When did they go to Budapest? <laughs> that wasn't in the movie. Yeah,
0: it, they were in Budapest. And they almost went to the Kremlin. In earlier versions of the script, most of the third act took place in the Kremlin.
1: See, folks, this is what happens when, you know, you don't have a good screenwriter in your movie. You just get to do whatever you want to and waste a whole bunch of money. Yeah okay so
0: and you get frank walker to voice a dog for 0.5 seconds yeah that's insane so much money you could have cut there
1: yeah but he is the man to go to for for dog
0: voices (laughs) budget i know
1: budget yep anyway so this power couple minerva and darwin want eddie to steal da vinci's book the codex which apparently has the second piece of the puzzle crystal in it his 500 year old famous book with all of his drawings and writings and things in it. So Eddie has to go to the Vatican.
0: There actually is one of the Codex books in the Vatican. I don't think it's this one in particular, but there is a Codex in the Vatican. So that's kind of correct.
1: Okay, well I'm glad they did some research (laughs) on that one. Uh,
0: They want to take over the, what is it, the money empire? They wanna crumble the economy.
1: Yeah, so we, this comes in a little bit later. They kind of give out their whole reason for doing this.
0: Markets will crash, crash. Financial empires will crumble, crumble. Except yours, yours.
1: But it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because what they wanna do is they wanna assemble this crystal to create basically an unlimited supply of gold to flood the market with gold and to make gold effectively worthless in which case the world market economy would collapse.
0: Would crumble, crumble.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But their reasoning for this isn't very clear. Like, why would they want the world economy to collapse? Because they secret would
0: own the currency, I guess, right? What the, currency? The currency. It's worthless. Oh, well. Yeah, that's There's really so true. much of it. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know. I
1: mean, my thought was when they were saying this, I was like, okay, they want the world economy to collapse because they're like secret socialists or <laughs> no. they they don't believe in the capitalism is my thought. But they never say that. And they, right. they seem to think they can conquer the world when there's no money except their entire empire is built on money it just doesn't make any sense for villains you're gonna destroy your one asset that you have i could see making a whole lot of gold to hoard it to right. you know control yeah. it that way but to flood the market with it is stupid it just doesn't anyway <laughs> moving on that's that's their plan so okay so eddie's in the vatican and he's casing the joint he's looking at this codex seeing what kind of alarms and stuff it's gonna have
0: and he goes up to a guard and confesses right is that this point where he's like i want to you know i'm gonna case in the joint and i'm gonna steal this yes and the guard's like oh okay i don't understand because
1: he doesn't understand right. it, english yeah
0: Buongiorno. Yeah, yeah i'm being blackmailed into robbing the vatican by a psychotic american corporation and the cia i don't uh... <laughs> it's okay colonel just keep an eye on all the art
1: and I think that was supposed to be funny and it just came off <laughs> stupid so and then there's this little girl in there Who's beating the crap out of her stuffed elephant?
0: Yes, I didn't take a deep dive into this, but apparently that's where Stompy came from Stompy? <laughs> Nintendo
1: What is Stompy? Stompy
0: the the rhino from Donkey Kong? Oh, I, I didn't go way deep into this But there's a whole theory about where Stompy came from and it <laughs> rooted from this elephant No way. <laughs> there's no way I don't know. I don't believe that for I, a second. I it was very it got very deep, so I I only went halfway down the rabbit hole on that one. But Man, that's... yeah, it got back into one of Da Vinci's drawings and <laughs> no, <laughs> so because stupid. He, he threw the elephant yeah. to make the alarm go off to right. see what would happen, and it like crashed everything. Right. And I think that was the genesis of Stompy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that makes no sense. <laughs> like everything in this movie, that makes no
0: sense. Hi. Wow.
1: Okay. Sure. Let's go with it. So this movie was the genesis of Stompy from (laughs) Donkey Kong Country.
0: Sure, why not?
1: Didn't, okay, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, also Anna is there as well leading a tour group. And as soon as he sets off the alarms, she guides him through a safe area in the Vatican down to the area where they receive the mail by train. Yes. Yeah, it's on some sort of like train track or something. Turns out she sets a date with him to go out on a date. I think so. Yeah. And then as soon as he leaves, which I guess he knows how to get out of this place, <laughs> the cross beside her lights up. And There's starts... a
0: crucifix right beside her. And it's like a call box. It's, it's, I'm telling you, it's like it's, it's Alexa. It's the, instead of, hey, Alexa, it's like, hey, Jesus.
1: <laughs> you know, I, up until this point in the movie, I had literally taken everything at face value. And this was the thing that broke it for me. I, I had to pause the movie. <laughs> And ask
0: boys coming out of the crucifix.
1: Why? It, it's totally lost it for me. I, I couldn't even process what was happening. I was like, Is she really talking to God, or is, is it just some guy on the other end of the telephone? And they just <laughs> happened to light up. Like it's some sort of weird uh, Vatican bat cave? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I had to take a minute to process yeah. this because this movie is really weird. So we discover Anna is working to save the codex. She knows that Eddie plans to steal it. And she's actually an agent of the Vatican because they have those. And a nun. Yeah, which we don't find out till later. Right. But right now we just think she's an agent. Correct. So then Eddie, now that he's sufficiently cased the place, I guess, he goes to make a collect call in a phone booth right in front of the famous roman
0: is that the fountain? piazza yeah the yeah. piazza mm-hmm. that phone booth not there
1: that phone booth has never been there you could obviously tell they had just ported that in dropped it there for him to walk into and he's trying to call tommy because he's worried about tommy, tommy and we happen to see that tommy is on the other side of the piazza getting into the car with the mayflowers yeah. So Tommy has double-crossed Eddie, mm-hmm. apparently. He finishes with the call because it didn't connect through. And George and the Candy Gang are there again. And they're just reemphasizing that he needs to steal this for the CIA. The CIA right. is going to double-cross the Mayflowers. He needs to get it done. Yeah, he, he needs to get it done. And the big guy, Butterfinger, he gives Eddie a whole bunch of stamps. And oh, then right. in the he next scene...
0: Stamps. Next scene,
1: Eddie is, has literally put himself in another box and mailed himself down into the Vatican. That's how he got in.
0: Props to the post office, man. Didn't even yeah. seal the
1: box up or anything. Just put a whole sheet of stamps on there. So he's inside the Vatican now. He takes all this equipment with him. I guess he got it in on the train. But what struck me was there's no cameras in the Vatican. So there's cameras here on the horse. Right. Yep. but there's no cameras in the Vatican on the most important book in history. So, okay. Sense. So he didn't have to reroute any kind of imaging like they did on the first time, which right. is good. He's not very good at that. <laughs> but even in the middle of trying to steal it, He gets interrupted by a guard and he has to outwit the guard. And the guard's down by the thing and somehow yanks the book out of the glass.
0: Yeah, that's what the fishing pole. Yeah, and he reeled it up.
1: Okay, and obviously, obviously this movie has gone way beyond any kind of realism. But obviously that glass would not have broken from a fishing pole. But we'll just keep going. He's got the book now. Also, the book probably would have fallen apart because it's 500 years old. Yeah, good point. And he's getting out through the roof and he interrupts the Pope watching Mr. Ed.
0: (laughs) The Pope watches Nick at night. Yeah. (laughs)
1: also not on in the 80s or 1981 it was on in the late 80s was it nick at night or was it just mr i don't
0: know i feel like i saw it on nick at night but it could have been before nick at night
1: maybe he had to deal with nickelodeon too who knows
0: (laughs) the pope watch nick at night i don't know
1: (laughs) i really don't know this movie seems to think he could so he's on his way out And he falls into the chicken cart to get away, which happens to be a good stroke of luck. And then the chicken cart happens to dump him right into the place where he was meeting Anna for dinner.
0: Yeah, another weird transition, I thought. Kind of like that one from the beginning.
1: Yeah, yeah, very strange. Um, But apparently she seems to have a thing for him. And she says, I seem to have a thing for sinners. (laughs) (laughs) Which was... One of the good, one of the good lines I yeah. picked out of this, <laughs> which makes more sense when you realize she is a nun. So in there, in her apartment, and things are getting intimate, but the codex falls out of his bag and she realized he already has it. She thought he was going to be stealing it later, I guess. And then there's another father alert because the thing in her room <laughs> lights up. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and so she alerts, I guess, the Vatican's goons to come and get him <laughs> i don't know what's happening yeah hudson seems to find out he that he's nothing but a pawn the cia is double crossing him because they
0: a lot of double quadruple yeah crosses in this movie yeah
1: there's some weird transition here i think he's picked up by the mayflowers again
0: he's been handcuffed several times in this movie once by the mayflowers once by the mario brothers at the beginning mm-hmm. let's play a little game of name that tune Mm. Do you remember Mm. this sound or where it came from?
1: As soon as it hit my ears. It's the sound I recognize from (laughs) Austin
0: Powers. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. Where is that from? And then it's also used in Armand Flint from 1966 and Inlake Flint from 1967, which starred James Coburn oh okay so I thought that was kind of cool so I was I was pretty
1: sure when I heard this sound in Austin Powers it probably (laughs) wasn't the first (laughs) use of this sound but to hear it in this movie was very strange Uh, I mean even though it came out five years before
0: and again we have the blinking lights, the red green and yellow yeah the little mechanism the device the 80s device
1: Yeah. If you've listened to our last show, you'll know what we're talking about. So here's where the, the Mayflowers kind of give out their big master plan, which doesn't make sense at all. And they still need Eddie to get one last piece of the artifact, mm-hmm. which is hidden in Da Vinci's helicopter. Darwin says something like, "I'll I'll break you so slowly, you'll think it's a career, which just made me giggle. <laughs> And so it, it turns out they reveal that they've been working with Tommy or they have Tommy and they put Tommy in the room with Eddie so they can hash it out. The Mayflowers think everything is going to be fine. And then Eddie and Tommy break out of the room out through the window fighting and a gun goes off and Tommy gets shot in the stomach and they both fall onto the ground. And it looks like Tommy is taken away in an ambulance and Eddie is arrested. Is what It looks mm-hmm. like to the Mayflowers. So they think he's pretty much gone. It turns out that it was all a setup with Anna. She helped coordinate this, and it turns out that Tommy double-crossed the Mayflowers. (laughs) Yeah, and didn't tell Eddie about it, so everything is good and they stay at Anna's place and mm-hmm. but then the next morning the CIA has found them and shoots them with paralyzing darts we're double cross on double cross here they actually the CIA already has the helicopter which saves us from another bungling attempt at, <laughs> at trying to steal something yeah. yeah and so they're happy to just leave Eddie and Tommy to die but they need Anna because she's the only one who knows how this thing goes together this crystal thing Snickers and Almond Joy stay behind to set the place with explosives but part of Tommy's range of motion comes back from being paralyzed and they're able to escape killing both Snickers and Almond Joy. And now we're into the final act of the movie where they have Anna restrained trying to get her to tell them how to put this thing back together. The CIA is working with mm-hmm. the Mayflowers now.
0: And she starts talking like a dolphin. Yep. Very confusing. Yep. Flipper take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very strange. I, I guess this is maybe is where the reviewer thought the schizophrenic
0: thing came oh, from. Oh, yeah, maybe. If they I only guess, s- yeah, I can see that. that
1: if they only maybe. saw this one small <laughs> section of the movie and they didn't realize she's actually acting, but, you know, whatever. So as soon as Kaplan leaves, the Mayflowers kill Kit Kat, So they have double-crossed the CIA now. Why? Who knows? Doesn't matter. And then they kill Butterfinger. And so all the candy people are dead. Eddie and and Tommy come in, guns blazing, singing again, Again. Mm -hmm. and shooting off grenades. It turns out to be Kaplan against Eddie up on the top of the building they're fighting as eddie's trying to save anna but she doesn't need him to and then tommy goes after the mayflowers and so george actually tries to jump kick eddie eddie ducks there's a lot of cartoony weird stuff that goes (laughs) on up there it's seriously like slapstick slapstick Yeah. yeah and it's just stupid george jumps off the roof and lands on the car that tommy is fighting with darwin in and then the car goes off a cliff and explodes. Explodes in classic 80s fashion or 90s fashion in this case. So Tommy has died again for real this time.
0: Tommy five deaths. <sighs> yeah,
1: right? <laughs> Eddie and Anna are captured by the Mayflowers because Darwin was able to get out of the car. And they force them to put the crystal together. But they don't get Anna to do it. They get Eddie to do it. And I don't understand how Eddie knows how to put this crystal together. I looked up stuff about that online and no one ever really mentions it. I just don't understand. Like, did I miss something? Thing did he say he knew how to, or did he read it in the codex? Somehow, Unless he or? heard
0: her say, or they talked about it in dinner. I don't
1: know. <laughs> but wouldn't it make sense to get her to do it since she's the expert? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, who knows? So hawk puts it together, and he keeps one small piece of it without them knowing. And uh, they activate the machine because I don't know where they got the machine from, but they've got the big machine that we saw in the very yep. beginning, which seems really to be more important than the crystal. But uh, whatever. And it malfunctions, killing both the Mayflowers. I couldn't tell if it turned them into lead or something. Oh, I don't I don't know or what if did? it just burned the crap out of them. I don't know. I don't Couldn't know either. Tell. That's a good point. So they're escaping from this exploding castle now. And Minerva's dog runs up and starts attacking Bunny. Anna. Isn't yeah. it Bunny? Yeah, the dog's okay. name is Bunny. Starts attacking Anna. This is where the tennis ball comes in. <laughs> How does he shoot the ball at her? Ball ball. Some sort of device. It div- was some kind of device.
0: Weapon or like a yeah. catapult or yeah. some medieval Something. thing. I oh, don't yeah. Know.
1: So it shot the ball at the dog so hard, it knocked the dog out the window. Terrible. Poor bunny. Thanks, Frank Welker, for your contribution. <laughs> yeah, and then so they used the batwing thing that we saw in the very beginning to escape from the exploding castle and land in a field. Then Tommy comes up later in, in the village where they get to, and it turns out he was able to get out of the car because the car had a sprinkler system. Airbags. And airbags. Yeah. No, that car exploded. <laughs> that, that's a cheap one there, guys. But and, yeah.
0: And... He gets his cappuccino yeah the
1: the stupid movie ends with him drinking his cappuccino and smile mugging at the camera
0: and asking anna if she would play nintendo with him yeah anna yes that's it can i ask you something sure will you play nintendo with me i can't think of anybody i'd rather play nintendo with once again bringing up in
1: 1991 nintendo. i mean 1981 yeah and you know what? I was not surprised to see Tommy alive at this point. I, I pretty much knew he was gonna be because this is this movie I think
0: Bunny should have come back over that hill. Well, Tommy.
1: Yeah I think so too but I mean you could just tell this kind of movie where they're not going to do any kind of big stakes yeah. but what's the point of this movie?
0: This was a rough one. This was a rough movie. Only film written by Bruce Willis or Robert Kraft. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> can thankfully. See, I can
1: see why. I do know it didn't make very much money.
0: No it was a huge flop. Mm-hmm. This was the last movie produced by TriStar Pictures before they merged with Columbia mm. and because the film lost so much money Sony had to salvage TriStar mm. by purchasing its remaining stock and they reorganized part of the company mm. <laughs> and one memorable memorable headline summed it up as hawk cooks tri-stars goose
1: nice <laughs> yeah I, I read another article that said this movie was the beginning of the end of bruce willis's career
0: <sighs> it was funny because when he was promoting 12 monkeys mm-hmm. he actually said that if he could travel anywhere back in time he'd go back to just before production began on this one and he'd stop himself from making this movie wow
1: wow <laughs> Well, at least he knows he done wrong.
0: Right? Well, the whole thing started. It's so weird because it started as a song. He met Robert Kraft. Uh Robert Kraft was like this musician guy who he met in, I think it was New York. Robert Kraft was performing at this nightclub called the Ivory Coast in Uh Greenwich Village in New York. And Bruce Willis randomly started playing the harmonica on one of his songs. Okay. And then they they became fast friends and then he started going to more of Robert Kraft's engagements and stuff and Mm -hmm. then they got buddy buddy and then he told Willis you know he'd come up with this song called Hudson Hawk okay and then he told him the name behind it that they talk about in the movie about mm-hmm. the fierce wind being named the hawk mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. and um <laughs> and Willis really liked the idea and he thought oh that'd be a great name, you know that'd be a great character idea too mm-hmm. so they were thinking that both men vowed that if either were ever in a position to produce a film it'd be about the world's greatest cat burglar so mm-hmm. voila Bruce Willis started getting famous doing you know after Die Hard and yeah. you know, television shows and all that right That they came together and they developed Hudson Hawk for the big screen.
1: It is amazing (laughs) to me that this movie got made. But I (laughs) guess if you're Bruce Willis in the early 90s, you have the power to make anything happen. And like of all all the movies that don't get made and this gets made...
0: Connections. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I couldn't even pull the theme out of this. Like the only <laughs> thing that I could pull out was you can maybe be better than who you are because that's what it says in the song. But there's really no evidence of that <laughs> in the story. It was trying really hard to be a comedy and yeah. it was not funny at all.
0: Well, they marketed it as a action film due to the presence of Bruce Willis. Okay. Even though it was a more of a comedy, like a yeah. screwball comedy.
1: Super screwball comedy. <laughs> it's like half cartoon, half gangster movie. Yeah. It's very strange. And I'm trying to figure out like who like what's your target audience who, who are you writing this thing for <laughs> I think it's I just I think
0: they were kind of trying to capitalize the action with the diehard people
1: maybe and then but this really just comes off as somebody's pet project like
0: Yeah. and then Audrey Hepburn was thrown around to play Minerva, Mayflower. I think the director had talked about getting her to play it, but then those negotiations broke down pretty quick. Yeah, probably because she's smart enough to know not to do that. Yeah, because the the initially supposed to be a single antagonist meant for a male actor, but the director suggested casting Audrey Hepburn, and the villain was subsequently rewritten as a villainess so that Hepburn could play that part, Hmm. but then the negotiations broke down. And then it was Bruce Willis. You know how he threw around ideas and everything. He mm-hmm. suggested that both villains from the earlier drafts be combined to make hmm. a couple. Well, So that's okay. where you get the Mayflower couple.
1: Yeah. They, I mean, they were both crazy. Yeah. They really did seem kind of like two halves of the same person. You would think one would be more restrained. Nope. They were both just <laughs> nuts. They
0: were both equally terrible. Yeah. But I mean, well acted. But. Yeah.
1: No, everybody was really mugging for this one, but... I feel like they had the most scenery to chew on.
0: Yeah. Here's a million dollar question for you. Mm. Can lead really be turned into gold? No. Ah, that is false. It can. No, it can't. It can be. (laughs) Yes, it can be. By colliding neutrons with lead atoms, the neutron knocks off protons to form a gold atom.
1: Okay. And
0: this is straight from Scientific American. It is indeed possible. All you need is a particle accelerator, Mm -hmm. a vast supply of energy, Mm -hmm. and extremely low expectation of how much gold you will end up with. Mm -hmm. It would cost more than one quadrillion dollars per ounce to produce gold by this, they used bismuth as their Mm -hmm. lead control. The going rate for an ounce of gold at that time was about $560, and that was 1980. So it is indeed possible to get gold from lead in this experiment, but your expectations must be very, very tempered. Tempered.
1: right so how much energy does it take to <laughs> a lot. knock a proton <laughs> off because i'm thinking it's kind of going to be yeah more than
0: yeah so if you got a particle accelerator lying around that you don't need you mm-hmm. know go
1: wild okay but but, it, but it's possible it within is possible. within the energy output that we have available and it's not going to take the output of the sun or something no, it's been done They've okay done it. all they right
0: just, it's worthless because it you right. can't produce enough to make it viable to right Make any kind of right dent.
1: It's, it's kind of like trying to mine a, a planet full of diamonds. The planet's so far away <laughs> that it would never make any sense.
0: But yes, it is possible. Mm. Okay. To get gold from lead. Scientific okay. American says so. Yeah.
1: But we're pretty sure that da Vinci couldn't do that.
0: Probably not, but alchemists weren't wrong.
1: Yes, they were. <laughs> no, they
0: weren't. They just said that they could be turned lead into gold.
1: But al- the alchemy is not a real thing.
0: But, but It's like par- sorcery. Principles, but it's not just about turning one thing into another. It was talking about the sins were wrapped up in lead versus gold. It it, 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 yeah, it goes into this whole theology thing with alchemy. Oh. It's like a whole thing.
1: Okay. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Follow up question. What's the mm. first thing you want to drink when you get out of prison after ten years? Cappuccino? No. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> I don't even know. It's not yeah. going to be a cappuccino. I know that much.
0: That was just a really odd choice, I thought. But, I mean, hey, I
1: if you love know. cappuccinos. I think they're trying to make him quirky. Cheers. And it just came off as strange. <laughs> it like, was the first thing you would drink out of prison after Ooh. 10 years?
0: Maybe a butterbeer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from from Hogsmeade or mm-hmm. yep. the Three Broomsticks, mm-hmm. which is also a real place. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it actually is a real place (laughs) that you can go and buy things so good yeah so this is a weird one what are your thoughts on keeping or returning this one
0: so i saw a comment on i think it was a youtube thing that uh somebody (laughs) had said i watch hudson hawk every year on november 8th aka national cappuccino day so i think that's a wonderful idea i think i would rent this movie on november 8th every year but other than that nope
1: I, mm. get, I never want to see uh, this movie again
0: <laughs> send it back no, i don't need to see it other than on november 8th no
1: nope, um, nope i'm this is an immediate return and an ask for refund
0: oh ouch
1: yeah i want a, I want a different that's rental
0: what, uh the studio said too
1: i can get that <laughs> but yeah you, you give me another rental because this was terrible
0: it, this was a little rough yeah mm-hmm. thanks again netflix but yeah thanks netflix
1: <laughs> it was entertaining i guess okay anything else you want to add
0: If anyone knows the origin of Stompy, (laughs) I would love to (laughs) know. I
1: would too. That seems very strange, but... Let us know. Yeah, let us know. All right. Well, for Blockbuster Nights, I'm Eric. And I'm Megan. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Be kind and rewind.